in brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Everybody, I'm Chad Vogelman. I'm Mark Marble, and this is the Lantern Cast, episode three sixty four. A hodgepodge. Well, it's kind. Of, it's, it is. It is a hodgepodge, but it is mostly. Uh, it's mostly movie talk, but and, it's a hodgepodge. <laughs> uh, you say tomato, I say not hodgepodge. <laughs> Uh, so we're doing a couple things. Uh, we're going to start off with some Godzilla talk because, God damn it, I'm a Godzilla fan. Uh, and uh, I've seen a couple of movies recently. Um, there's, there's still a bunch more. I, I still haven't seen Detective Pikachu. I still haven't seen Endgame for a second time yet. Like, I, I, I mean, I saw, I still have only seen it the once. Um, it needs money. Pay, buy, buy your ticket this time, Chad. <laughs> Uh, Bright, Bright Burn I haven't seen, uh, and I haven't seen uh, – what else is out right now? Rocket Man. I want to see Rocket Man too. But I have seen Aladdin, and I have seen uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters um, because, you know, damn it, I had to. Uh, have you seen Godzilla King of the Monsters? Yes, or else that wouldn't be the main title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but go – Well, you – you, you know I'm gonna go off, so so you, go ahead. You take the reins first. What would well, no, you think? Why don't, well, you, well, I I figured you should go first because well then again you're right maybe I should because you you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be mostly a homer for this no matter what which you unfortunately had already pro- proclaimed in the past like no matter what how bad this movie is or however you phrase it I'm gonna support it or defend it <laughs> not when yep. your finest moments on the show I must point out. <laughs> But okay, so let's let's talk about Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, let's talk about the po- let's talk about the positive for Godzilla. Number one, it well, I, I guess number one would be the monsters looked good, <laughs> which we expected because we haven't had a in the three movies in this in this monster verse, all the monsters have looked good. That's that's never been a question about uh about these this re- reinvigorated, relaunched. I hate to use rebooted franchise. Uh, so the monsters look good. I think the homages to the previous, like the Toho movies and everything else, using the classic Godzilla theme, that was a nice mm-hmm. touch. Uh, and I want to talk about this more in detail later, but they, they really pepper, they they really spread and pepper a whole lot of. Uh, homages and, and, and hints and things like that. This is like the this is like the bizarro Game of Thrones, how everybody said went through that foreshadowing crap. It's like, oh Daenerys said something six seasons ago. Of course that means she's gonna turn bad with one episode left to go. Eh. 
Bullshit. If you want to know something, a movie that beats you over the head with stuff about it's not foreshadowing, it's like, hello, this movie is that. <laughs> Between – I mean even if you didn't know Kong and Godzilla were, fi- were fighting next year, they, they, they mentioned Skull Island so many times in Kong in this movie, even before you get to the end, that you could have put the, connected the dots pretty easy. But a lot of, I, I liked a lot of that stuff. I thought I thought it worked having Ghidra Ghidorah be Monster Zero. That was a nice touch. Having him still be from another planet, that was a nice touch. Keeping having Mothra kind of be the you know the, the super sweet monster of the group. Uh, continuing that, that was a, that was a nice touch. I thought the movie I thought the movie started pretty well, and for the most part, I thought it ended pretty well. It's the middle of the movie that I really had an issue with. The, to me, the movie was way too long. It did not need to be as long as it was. The middle part of this movie really, really dragged, I thought. Even though there were some cool moments in it, like the Rodan and Ghidra stuff, that was that was, that was was okay. But you de- even though this, this movie has a better cast, but whether they do more with the better cast, I think is extremely questionable. The first movie, you had Cranston, Brian Cranston, and you had Ken Watanabe. Other than that, the human beings were pretty much forgettable, even with uh, Elizabeth Olsen in it. This movie has a better cast. I think Kyle Chandler was really good, but Vera Farmiga was her character sucked. So you can't. It's hard. It's hard to judge. I mean, she played the character well, but it wasn't a likable character. Charles Dance, you know, Tywin Lannister at his finest. Got to love that. Uh, I thought the military personnel though in this movie was ex- were extremely weak and unbelievable. As far as it just they didn't seem like they're very competent from my from my perspective. So I thought the middle of the movie dragged, and and the thing that bothered me, I w- I came out of this movie disappointed, and I came out disappointed because not only do the trailers tell you or sh- try to tell you that this movie was going to be, you know what you didn't like about the 2014 movie, how you had like you know fi- like 15 minutes of Godzilla maybe. I don't even know if that's accurate. It may have been less than that. And the in the first movie, you're gonna you had so little Godzilla in the first movie. Well, guess what? We heard you, and we're gonna give you a lot more this time. But the real question is, did they really? <laughs> Godzilla really is not in the movie all that much. He's still in the dark pretty much 99% of the time when he is in the movie. Uh, he just dis- like he disappears for almost the entire second and and you know second into third acts. In the middle ground between halfway through the first and second, and between the second and third, um, I know I don't want to nitpick too much about him getting his ass kicked again most of the time because at least he's fighting a, a higher quality opponent. The first movie was harder to let that go because the Mudos were not particularly impressive opponents for Godzilla to be getting his ass kicked like eighty percent of the fights. I just thought I just don't think this movie delivered on what they, they said it was going to deliver on and what people wanted. I thought yeah they spent way too much time. Oh the oxygen the oxygen destroyer was a nice throwback mm. too. That was that was one of those cools. Rodan coming on the mountain that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I kind of even though Ro- Rodan has occasionally been a good guy, I do kind of like the way they make him like uh, like the Starscream or whatever of of this universe. It's like whichever side seems to be winning, that's the side he's going to go with, and it's like a. Uh, but at least he showed at least he showed some balls to side with uh, Ghidra Ghidorah when he when he wasn't being completely brainwashed anymore when the signals weren't being sent out. That at least he he kind of made a choice. It was the wrong choice, but still. I think Millie Bobby Brown was kind of wasted. I mean, she was likable because it's her. I thought she was kind of wasted this movie. She seemed like to be in this movie to swear and to scream. Um, 
Kyle. Ch- I, I did like Kyle Chandler, and I did. I like the fact that kind of gave him an arc and a growth arc in the sense that he started off being so anti against Godzilla just because of what happened to their to their other child, and then he came. All these came to realize you kind of needed Godzilla. Uh, so this, I mean, there's obviously a few things in particular I want to talk about, but those were my those were those were my initial thoughts on on the movie. I would say it was I was. I was disappointed because I expected it to be – I expected the weaknesses of the 2014 movie to be a lot more yesterday's news, and it seemed like they kind of like doubled down in a way on what – but didn't work. And maybe made what worked a little bit better, but I don't think it helped the movie overall. Okay. Um, for those of – and I'm not just referring just to you, but for those out there who are criticizing the plot of this film – Name me one Godzilla movie that had a good plot. <laughs> like, like where the, the the non-Godzilla side of the story, or even even including the Godzilla side of the story, was a compelling, intriguing, intricate plot. <laughs> never happened. I don't care. As much as I love Godzilla, it was never the human story. It was never the plot <laughs> that had an intricate story. Maybe Gojira. Maybe the original non-Americanized Gojira because of its, you know, nuclear message and and all the horrors of of uh, you know the the Asian Japanese peoples and and so on and so forth. But beyond like the the subtext of that film, the original Gojira, you could probably make a case for that. But beyond that, really. It was all about the monsters. It was all about the fights. You knew it. That's the entire point of it. That's why they keep making they, – they kept making monsters. Um, so I don't expect much out of a plot. I will say I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, you and, you and I uh, – more, more, more so you, but uh, you, you kind of uh, were saying a lot about GOAT leading into this, that it was very clear that the scientists and, – and, and, you know, be, because I only care about the monsters, I don't really remember any of the, the human names. But the, the scientist woman uh, – Russell, Emma Russell. <laughs> there you go. Was was going was you know going to be all gung ho on set the monsters free, but then when her and her daughter get kidnapped, I'm like, oh, I guess they're, they're not going with that. And then very clearly, a little while later, it was all a plan by her. So you're like, oh, they did a bait and switch yeah, on this. Yeah, I was all just right. gonna say it, it, they did a because I think a lot of people when the first trailer came out, I think a lot of people obviously she was being portrayed as the bad you know as bad. But a lot of people thought, oh, there's got to be more to it. She's got to be like being put up to this, whatever. And they kind of hint at, and they kind of backtrack a little to make it sound like, well, she, you know, she bought into, you know, she bought into the original idea of of Charles Dance's character. But now we've kind of taken it to a diff. But either way, she, yeah, her character, she, the way she was portrayed in the first trailer is kind of how she is. She, she was not the brightest bulb when it came to her assessing the situation correctly, but probably. She did not really do that overall. The, the ramifications of her work. Frankenstein. She was like the Dr. Frankenstein in this movie. I can agree with you somewhat about pacing, but uh, I really was just happy to see the monsters on screen, um, the detail. I think every monster was portrayed the way they uh, intended uh, and uh, in the way I would expect them to be. I did read an interesting article online that was talking about, and it might, it might have been in an interview with maybe the director or the screen or, or one of the production assistants. I don't know somebody who was saying they actually had three different actors portray the different heads of Ghidra or Ghidorah, um, and 
which would make sense. So, was, so, so that so that all three heads had their own personality. So that was kind of cool. Um, one, uh, the, the the center one, obviously, kind of being the brains of the organization. One of them being the just more almost puppy dog like in terms of not like you know, gentle, but like more curious than violent. Um, still violent because it's Ghidorah. Um, yeah, one of them more uh, brash and active, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, if I remember right. It's the left one that's the more curious one, the right one that's the more violent, and of course, middle's middle. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. And, uh, you know, Mothra, fantastic. I do, for for a little while there, I was like, oh man, they're not going to do the whole Infant Island twins thing, and then they, they drop that. that, uh, G- that yeah, Ji Zhang were twins. Yeah, I like that. That was a nice touch. Yeah, that was a great touch. I was like, they're so important to Mothra's stories. Like, Infant Island, they got to do it. And, and but and it, was, it just got to the point, you know. You said pacing in the movie where I was like, yeah, they're just not going to reveal that, are they? And then they did, and I was like, yes, all right, well, cool, we're here. Um, uh, so that was cool. Rodan, you know, you, you you Rodan's always been sort of you know back and forth. Um, one thing that was interesting, there's two things I thought through th- were thrown off for me in terms of uh, just. Oh, really? We're going to reveal that, or we're going to reveal it that way? The first was Ghidorah being from space. Don't get me wrong, it's part of his origin. I like that they kept that. But everything else seemed to have this really intricate sort of. Um, this really intricate uh, explanation, backstory, and scientific explanations, and blah, 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 blah. And, all, and when it came to the reveal that Ghidorah is from space, it was also like, oh, yeah, and Ghidorah's an alien. And then we're just, you know, supposed to move on. Granted, in a movie where it's just four giant titan monsters fighting each other, they've been here this whole time, uh, we're just pawns in all of this. Like, there's a lot of of just, just swallow it and move on that you're supposed to just take with a Godzilla movie, uh, and that is any Godzilla movie. But with the amount of attention they gave so many other things, I was just like, really? You just you essentially just said, and he's from space. <laughs> and and we're just going to move on. Okay. All right. Uh, same thing I thought with them essentially discovering Atlantis. I know. I kind of I, – I thought that was odd that nobody – that no one even made that nat- natural connection or saying it. I mean I think – I think yeah, most people I think are going to think, oh, that's – that must be – that must be the lost continent of Atlantis. But no – but the fact that – which actually – I don't want to interrupt your point because I, I, there's something I want to say about that cave too. Yeah, um, so I mean I thought it was really cool. I mean don't get me wrong. The visuals of it were awesome. I do love the fact that you know it, it kind of played into this whole thing that they were talking about. You know, how does Godzilla travel, or, or not only Godzilla, but how do any of the monsters travel so fast? The underground tunnels and and the Hollow Earth theory. So that was really cool. Um, so you know, naturally, if the Earth is hollow, then maybe there are sunken cities. So I mean, it's it's that's cool. Okay, it's a natural leap. The design for all that was really amazing. I like the idea of of uh, you know, kind of uh, the Titans living in harmony with humans and there being a sort of symbiotic relationship there. Uh, that Godzilla was the OG king. I mean, like I, I do love all of this stuff, um, but at the same time, you know. The, the fact that they just sort of, oh, 
that that the the shocking thing here when they're down in the Atlantis part is not that it's a sunken city, but that the hollow earth theory is now proved correct. Like that was the more important thing of the two. Like you, you're in Atlantis. Look at all of this yeah. around you. <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe that's just me. Uh, I like I like mythology and stuff like that. So uh, you know, maybe that's just my personal bias and preference. Um, I like the fact that there's this air pocket that he retreats to uh, and sort of stays in and kind of. Uh, I don't like the fact that it's it seems so small and just like Godzilla is just. I, I both do and don't like it because the more I think of it, you know, like the, a lot of people compare his more modern design uh, in this new legendary universe to something like a bear, you know, big and stocky and, you know, uh, kind of some of his mannerisms are very bear like. So the idea that he goes into the earth to hibernate, essentially regain his energy and stuff like that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think maybe I, my problem with it was because of, it was he went down in there as the as a result of the oxygen destroyer. Maybe he has to stay down there longer than he would normally. So I guess I guess that makes sense. So maybe he realistically he's down there for shorter periods of times. Like maybe the reason we haven't seen him in so long by the time the 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 uh, 2014 film came out is because whatever happened that killed the dinosaurs or whatever was the equivalent uh, in, you know, kind of depleting his energies to whatever the oxygen destroyer did to him. So he has to go under underground. I mean, I don't know um, what, uh, but um, so that that's, that's sort of what I was thinking there. I thought it was weird. Uh, just, in terms of space for him, it seemed like too small and it seemed like he wouldn't spend a whole lot of time down there, but I don't know. Um, there's gotta be multiple different interests to that place because the way that, uh, was it Ken Watanabe? Is that his name? The way that he comes into that cave doesn't look like it's been well Godzilla traveled. (laughs) I I like the fact it's like, we found Godzilla's home. Now we're going to blow it up to help him. (laughs) It's like, it's like I kinda, it's like I'm watching this and it's kind of, well it's like I kind of get I get the point of what they're trying to do but you know long term if you really want Godzilla to be around to help you that's probably like you it's like it's just like his little fortress of solitude where and kind of like how the Eradicator used Superman the, the, the little chamber the Eradicator used Superman's body as a solar battery to keep recharging himself it's like you just destroyed that so but I guess yeah I mean but. And it was also kind of weird. Can't you just detonate the the, the bomb in the vicinity of That's Godzilla? That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> not not ten feet from his nose. Yeah, long be- <laughs> long before they get too friggin' close and they and they and, and they end up crippling the sub. Conveniently enough, so it can't launch its weapons. That I'm thinking, it's like, do you really need to be that? I mean, you're trying to jumpstart him to begin with, if, especially. If you were a nuclear submarine, you'd have more than one nuclear missile anyway. So it's like, why couldn't you? La- why couldn't you just launch a few of them? Yes, and let the residual effect bathe him. Since, as we saw in this movie, without Mothra, it's borderline that, that the, the charge they gave him would have ended up killing him. <laughs> like, but all's well that ends well. Um, I do. I do like the. Uh I did think they did a great job with the end credits, kind of the, the all the newspaper clippings and articles and headlines and stuff that 
obviously really set up you know your your Godzilla versus Kong film that's coming uh, one of the headlines I don't know if you caught it one of them mentions the discovery of an egg yeah which is supposed so to be that, Mothra right so that 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 really sets up and and kind of harkens back to the fact that Mothra is essentially immortal uh, reincarnating herself uh, essentially uh, so I did like that that we're gonna get Mothra again. I did, uh, and you and I were talking before the film came out about what's likely to be the next monster, uh, you know, uh, and I think with the after credits scene, it's got to be, I mean, it's more, it's not got to be, but it's more likely if there is a follow-up to this that it's Mecha King Ghidra. Or Probably, unless, they're gonna, unless he's going to clone him somehow. Unless they're going to clone yeah. him. Yeah, which... which which yeah, it would I don't think it would it would have to be Mecha King Ghidorah. I don't see them doing just Ghidorah again. Especially since he lost. Even though there were extenuating circumstances, you're probably sure. right. I think I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are suspecting that. Um, uh, but but again, but that's not but I guess we're not supposed to believe that's going to be Kong versus Godzilla though. Which that's still no, that would that would have to be a that would have to be a fourth film. No, uh, that would have to be a fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yes, it would have to be the fifth. Uh, yeah. So that still kind of raises the question of who who is going to be the since logic. I'll, I'll, I find this funny that simply people said, "Oh, you know, if King if King Kong and Godzilla fight and they end up teaming up, it's like, oh, it's just going to be a rip off of BVS." It's like. Do you really think that's the first time in the history of of, of good guys fighting that's ever happened? <laughs> Forget about it in movies. It happens in comic books all the time. BVS did not corner the market on that. Uh, unless unless we find out that King Kong and Godzilla's mother's names are Martha, it's not just ripping that ripping that off. But who? I mean, logic. They're, they're set. They set this up as we speak that both these characters are good guys. So there's no and and plus they're also setting this up that. All the end credit or stuff leads you to – they're leading literally everything to Skull Island. The Skull Island is the, is a key, if not the key, to to everything with the Titans and the Hollow Earth theory and everything else. So so Kong so Kong is either going to be – is probably going to be having home field advantage in whatever happens here because he's going to be either on Skull Island the entire movie or damn well close to it. That's the way it's set up. So we have – so the reality is – the question is what mo- what monster they're not going to be fighting they're not going to be fighting the entire time there's going to be have to there's going to have to be something that brings them brings them together because now the one thing which now I, I wanted this I thought this was interesting in the beginning especially since this movie again was so non-subtle about everything it was telling I was dr- throwing at you what did you think of the not so subtle using the magic word foreshadowing of Godzilla doing the Daenerys-like heel turn at some point, when when Xi Zhang says uh, about Godzilla being on our side when she says for now. So what? It, so yeah. What it, so now, mind you, we may never get to that point. Even though I, th- depend depending on what their long-term plan for that was, we don't unless he's going to be mind controlled in, in the next movie. We, it's not going to. It's uh, there's no reason to think that heel turn is going to happen in, in Kong versus Godzilla. And they, and they, I think they'll be. I think Kong versus Godzilla will do better than King of the Monsters is going to do at the box office. I think worldwide, Kong versus Godzilla. Well, I mean, that's 
that's that's almost clear at this well, point. I mean, it, you, you like to think that, but we are this. But right now, we are in dim- this. This franchise is in diminishing returns. We have we have we we don't know where. Which I don't understand. I'm be, sorry, I just could, don't. It could be the interest. It just could be. It could just be that outside of Japan, as well as known as Godzilla is the the rabid fan base for that is not is not as strong. Uh, I think it's a little. I think it's a little surprising. But I'm just the reason why I said that is yes. It's on, on the surface, it's a no brainer, and, and that, that's p- part of why I think it'll happen. But depending on where Godzilla: King of the Monsters ends up, and how like if it if it makes less which it looks which there's probably a really good chance that it's going to make less money than than Kong Skull Island and Godzilla 2014 worldwide which means it would be the le- the smallest grossing movie of the three so far if it does that then then you have a track record well yeah you have a you have a track record of of an opening certainly domestically an opening weekends in trouble because Godzilla didn't mean, didn't mean the projections the projections as on Sunday were it was going to do 49. It actually only did 47 and change, so it didn't even make 49 million. And like a few, like three weeks ago or so, it was still projected like into 55, 60, some somewhere between 50 and 60, which was still shaky because even that would have opened below Kong, which it clearly did anyway. But Kong at least made more money worldwide, which which to me I find fascinating onto itself, just because you would think Godzilla would be a bigger quote unquote star throughout the world than King Kong. But I also think Kong Skull Island is probably overall a better, a more solid movie structure-wise. I think it actually had a better story. I think, and it probably. Well, before had- we stray too far away from your point, you did ask what you know the 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 heel turn yes, of Godzilla. Yes, yes, I'm sorry, you correct. Um, you, I don't think it's going to be a monster. I think Monarch had much more of a presence in this film than I initially thought they would. I wonder if the plan now, whether they end up getting there, obviously based on all the box office stuff you just mentioned, uh, whether they end up getting there is a whole other story. But I think the plan as it stands now, again based on box office, they could just change the plan. But as it as it stands, until they they do a heel turn based on box office decisions, I would anticipate that the that monarch and or the group behind. Um, Tywin. Um, the did they did they get a name? Yeah, he has a name. It's oh the group. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember if the group. The, um, he's Alan Jonah. I don't remember if they said if they say what his group. Is. They may have said it, but I don't remember off the top of my head what the name of his eco terrorist group was. Right. So I, I'm I'm they 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 keep giving the humans and and monarch and all this stuff. All of a lot more story than I think they they than I initially thought they would, and they're, it's very clear now that if they're gonna, and you're right, the 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 criticism of the first film is that there wasn't enough Godzilla, and I agree with that, um, and a lot of it was took place in the dark, um, like seriously, that's one of those that's one of those films. If I'm going to watch it, I literally – I don't watch it during the day. I watch it at night and I shut off all the lights in my room because that's the only way I can see what's <laughs> happening on the screen. That's the only reason I didn't, uh, see it in three, I didn't see this one in 3D just because you knew even from the trailers a lot of stuff was going to be at night. I hoped there would be – there was going to be more action during the day, not counting Rodan. I mean there technically was definitely more lighting because like when you're talking about 
Uh, first of all, Ghidorah has essentially his own light source with all yes. of the with all of the lightning. Um, when we're talking about them facing uh, down each other um, in, in oh, I'm sorry, in Boston, in Boston, yeah, there's there. It's sort of at, at, at twilight uh, in in some spaces uh, when uh, they're flying uh, when they're in Washington D.C. Um, you know, that's the there's there's a it's sort of a orange hint. Yeah, orange yeah. or orange hinge when when they're in the Arctic, lots of light sources reflecting off of the snow and stuff like that. So it wasn't truly as dark as the first one, but regardless, um, they kept focusing so much on 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 the story of the humans that I wonder if at at at, at this point it's very clear to at least to Godzilla that the humans are working with him at this point. You know, they come down, he sees the guy, he sets off a bomb, suddenly he feels better. Uh, you know, um, he looks a few people in the eyes and they, you know, back down. You know, the, the jets fly behind him and back him up and fight against Ghidorah for him. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. So that makes sense. But what happens when he feels humans turn against him? Maybe he doesn't know the difference between the different types of humans and the different groups of humans. What if one of the main groups in power, whether that be the government, because didn't the government want to, you know, get all the all the information from uh, Monarch and shut this whole thing down in the first place? Someone comes to power and starts fucking with Godzilla and going at, intentionally going after him, and that's when he quote unquote turns on us because we turned on him. All right, so that's so which which which, which I was going to raise that specter too. So your so your take on that on that again not so subtle line by Ji Zhang there was that your interpretation or what you what you suspect is if they ever get the chance to follow through on it is that it's not that he's going to turn bad is that that basically we're essentially he's he's going to he's going to see kind of like the, he's going to kind of see the truth or he's going to see that the people that certain people are the problem and he's going to try to. He's going to be in opposition to them, so he's really not the bad guy. Is what? Right. Okay. Because I, I, I can't. I can't unless it, unless it's in mind control, man. It just seems like such a trope. I mean, it's it's not it's it's not unprecedented. It's happened in Godzilla films before, but to use it at this point, at this stage of the game, in this modern era, it just seems too easy. Uh, and, and you'd you'd really got to. I mean, it, first of all, to introduce mind control, and then let alone go, oh, mind control a titan, like, uh, well, but they, now they they, they kind of now uh, they they kind of throw it in there with the uh, with the for the me, orca with the device, yeah, the orca, yeah, with the, with the orca. So I guess it's possible, um, uh, and you could sort of call it mind control in that way, and, and and I guess that makes sense, but at the same time. It's still such it's such an easy trope. I don't know if they would, if it would if it would go well with audiences if they did that. I don't think maybe like it's worth the risk to do that. And to, if 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 he would turn evil in any other fashion, this 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 is why this is why every time Godzilla has ever gone bad has been anti-human in the other films. It was either a mind control or be just the result of a reboot because they, you know, all right, we've done uh, a decade or so of Godzilla films where he's the hero. Uh, we we're, we need to take him back to his roots as, you know, the, 
you know, the results of our own folly as humans and nuclear testing and blah, 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 and he's a destroyer now. Well, it's time to reboot the franchise. We can't just make our hero go suddenly bad. <laughs> Hashtag don't see Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, uh, I just, go ahead. I lost my point for a second. I don't, I don't know where, where, I, where else I would head there. So. Oh, okay. Uh, another, another possibility is when we're talking about in relation to villains or monsters. The thought, because you and I talked about this, and you said one thing, and then I thought about it and said, well, I kind of think the opposite would be true. Because you said, you said that your, your take that Mecha Godzilla wouldn't be as effective a villain because Godzilla is a good guy in, in our time, but. I stopped and I thought about it. It's like that could be how they get people to get everybody to turn on Godzilla. If somebody created a mechanical Godzilla, which looks like Godzilla on the outside, he has the skin on the outside like the original Mecha Godzilla did, and starts right. doing crappy, shitty things, then everybody's going to turn on Godzilla, even if, even if you know the. Me- like even if the whole master plan is to say, "Oh, Godzilla's going rogue," and then all of a- and because you're using the actual robot to do this, then you got to kind of like reveal this robotic version. This we created this to stop Godzilla because look at what he's doing. That that could in a way fulfill almost like fulfill that prophecy or that idea that Godzilla's turning on them in the eye on the eyes of the the eyes of the world that he has turned on them, even though he really hasn't because he's been set up. So that's another. That's I don't. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't know. I mean, the reality is, it's we really don't know how much, how much further they're going to get to go with this. Because I mean, in 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 Pacific in the Pacific Rim universe, the idea of we built a giant robot to to make this other thing look bad that makes sense. But in this universe, thus far, we built a giant robot to make Godzilla look bad, and then also to fight him when <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. Well, it wouldn't have to be both. I'm just saying that the possibility it could have been both. You could have you just just could, you could have created it to set Godzilla up and not to say, oh look, and then you know do, you know kind of literally you know reveal, <laughs> remove that coat of paint and say, look, but luckily we have this to stop him. It didn't have to be that. It could have it just. I was thinking that it could it could be it could be a double whammy and nobody would even think twice. It's like, hey, you know, maybe they put some skin on that thing and maybe they saw Terminator too many times. <laughs> I don't know. I I think the Kong versus Godzilla thing is intriguing. Uh, I know a lot of people. A lot of people still stick with the odds. Like, how can Kong have a shot? And it's like, and it's like, well, first of all, did you see the did you see the first two movies with Godzilla that he did lose the majority of those fights? <laughs> yes, yes, Ghidorah Ghidra is a more is a tougher opponent than the Mudos, but he didn't do great against the Mudos. <laughs> So, and we also don't know if they're going to give Kong any special powers. Almost every one of these titans has something that they can do, you know. Uh, so we don't we don't know that they're not going to follow suit and give Kong some spe- some special ability. Even if that special ability is just there's something about being on Skull Island which makes him a tougher opponent than if he wasn't on Skull Island. There's just something that like a source of power from Skull Island that when he's closer to it he's stronger. Even if you take him away from it, he's still tough, but he's not as tough. And he's and we know he's going to be we know he's going to be a hell of a lot bigger. So I, one of the things I really liked about this movie is that you don't see any new footage of Khan. So that so I'm really hoping with that you know little promo picture aside, I'm really hoping until we see a trailer, we have no idea how big King Kong's going to be. <laughs> I don't want to know how big. We assume. I mean, you can assume based on that cave painting that they're going to be comparable. Which is another interesting thing somebody pointed out, which I really hadn't thought of. 
Uh, because we always we always see cave paintings, right? And we always assume they're talking about things that happened in the past because that's mm-hmm. our history. But it didn't have to be that way. Some of those things could have been just prophecies or visions of things that were going to come to pass. So, like when you see the Kong versus Godzilla thing, the only thing we know on we only thing we know about that is that it, it shows a Kong versus a Godzilla. If it happened in the past, we know it's not our Kong because our Kong was only a product of the 20th century. So that thing could not have been – and our Kong isn't – certainly at the time we met him, he's very young. So it could, in theory, still be our Godzilla, but it doesn't have to be just – it doesn't have to be our Godzilla. Because didn't they establish in the Mudos and in, in the first movie that there were other Godzillas, that the Mudos like had killed – they found like a body or something of, a, of an older Godzilla that the Mudos had just sucked all the power out of? I thought they said. Uh, I don't. I don't know about that. They they did find a body, but it, I don't think it was of Godzilla. I think it was just a, of a monster. All right. I thought I could be wrong, but I thought it was. Im- I thought it was implied. Or of a titan. Sorry. Yeah, I thought it was implied that that was another of Godzilla's species. That uh, one of the reasons why they were di- why they were uh, diametrically opposed. Why Godzilla had purpose to kill these things because of kind of like the yin and yang. Kind of like kind of like the similar relationship to Kong and and, and the monsters on Skull Island. Why he is why he is there to to destroy them not just because they killed his parents but the, but how Kongs were there to destroy those creatures and they were just opposites of each other but either way the idea that um, we don't know for a fact that's our Godzilla on that wall and if it is our Godzilla it's not he, and it was not a vision of of something that's yet to happen if it represents something that happened in the past then he fought a different Kong it wasn't our Kong because our Kong wasn't around then. Uh, we also don't know going forward how long – it seems pretty clear that all these titans have life, ex, life expectancies that you really can't put your finger on. You can't – based on how normal – how their real-world equivalents, their non-mutated, non-giant equivalents, you can't really say, oh, this, this creature lives this long in, as in, under normal conditions and it's normal size. So you, you can't really extrapolate, especially since so many of these titans were just in hibernation. For like how for probably for, for like but thousands if not millions of years so they were still alive so obviously even in hibernation you have to have some serious life expectancy to be able to hibernate all that time and still and still be alive so Kong is going to be probably well this is forty something years after Skull Island so Kong is at least going to be probably like between in his sixties into into seventy which of course seems old but we, again we don't know what his life expectancy is he could live to their, their life expectancy could be 150 years based on the normal, normal conditions. And remember in Skull Island, we saw the bones of, of you know his families and stuff like that. So it was clear that he was a younger one. So Yeah, and, and, and uh, Riley, or Riley there tell, tells us that, that he's just growing, yeah. that, he, that he's growing. So, uh, yeah, so we don't, we don't know what his maximum height is. We don't know, we don't know when he's going to stop growing. We don't know, if, again, is there something about Skull Island, which – impacts things uh, from a growth perspective either uh, it's going to be interesting but but again Con- Godzilla the big advantage Godzilla has if assuming they're close to equal size he's got is the ra- is the radiation is the fire breath that's what he has that's what he has going for him which is not I'm not saying it's not a huge advantage but it's an but it's an advantage Kong should absolutely be smarter than he is he's a friggin higher primate so there's no, there's no. I mean, God, this Godzilla is relatively bright compared to some of the other Godzillas we've had, but Kong should still be brighter than pretty much anybody he's fought, assuming he didn't, he's never fought a Kong before. He should be brighter based on what he is. I mean, 
We know because of what he is, he should be extremely agile. He should be able to use weapons. We know we can use weapons and tools because we saw it in Skull Island. Uh, we saw him you know, using the heart, what the anchor and, and making the like the baseball bat kind of out of the out of the, the tree limb. Uh, so, and he's he should he, so he has advantages. Uh, and per capita, based on size, he could be he could be. Again, based on what he really is, a larger, stronger, I mean, mutated version, if you will. He could be stronger per capita, pound for pound, than Godzilla is, which means even if he's not equal height to Godzilla, he could be, because of the difference, he could be equal strength or close to equal strength. So it's going to it's gonna be interesting. People, you know, it's, it's not a slam dunk. It's like the same people saying, oh, Batman and Superman is a slam dunk. Yeah, Kryptonite was an equalizer, but that's the point. It was there was an equalizer. We don't know if there is an equalizer for for Kong or the things that I just mentioned are going to turn out to be a partial equalizer. So, I look forward to it. I do think it will do better because I think the it it'll be seem like more of an event movie, and it would be it would be ironic if if Kong is as, as much of a draw, if not more, than Godzilla. It would be curious if that's the case worldwide. Domestically, maybe not because Skull Island didn't. Well, then again, I mean, Skull Island did okay. Skull Island was also a March release, so that has to be factored in. Godzilla, both Godzilla movies opened up in May. May should be May is a time when you do better business. Uh, the first Godzilla movie opened up earlier in May, which probably helped it. But Kong opened up in March, and it still that still was that's a, still was a pretty decent opening for you know for a movie that wasn't overly hyped. I don't think at the time, you know. Yeah. So. But I so I expect my prediction is I expect you, there to be at least one more Godzilla movie probably. I would say there will be one more Godzilla movie in this in this series after the Kong vs Godzilla vs Kong because I think the money from that movie will probably warrant it. But after that, I don't know. So, but you know, I mean, I, I would agree with you, but uh, given the uh, it's it, it's shocking to me how this movie is performing in the box office. So. I'm not as confident in how Kong versus Godzilla is going to perform as a result of this. I think it's more. I think it's more disturbing, even though I think I think on opening. Well, I have to I have to open up the other the other. I had this open. I have to open up the link. I think in a way it's more disturbing that this movie that this movie does not have. Uh, it isn't doing better. It isn't doing better overseas. That it doesn't have the this actually this movie is did did have a better opening weekend overseas than than uh, the 2014. The 2014 movie made 103.4 million dollars, and this movie did make 130 million dollars, which I'm assuming must still I'm a, it's an awfully round number. I mean, it, so I'm I'm not one I'm not 100 percent sure if that movie would be off the estimate stage yet, uh, only because it's a little. But maybe they do that with foreign box office they always make it relative they make it round give or take uh so it did make more it did make more uh overseas it obviously made a whole lot less domestically so so if you look at if you look at the balancing act between the two it's still it's still a problem it still made less money in its opening weekend uh this movie than the 2014 movie did when you combine everything both the foreign and domestic in an apples to apples comparison, 2014 did make more. Did make more. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, the production budget on this sucker was 170, which means realistic, realistically speaking, these things still has. This thing has to make like at least 400 million dollars worldwide, at least, 
so you for you can feel confident this thing's not losing money, especially because this thing was probably highly marketed. You would think they spent a lot of marketing on marketing for this movie. So it's only at 181 now, which means it pretty much has to make like at least like another give or take, uh, but like at least another like 200 and. Like two hundred twenty million dollars to apps to feel confident that you're gonna, and it might it might do that, but it also doesn't show it doesn't seemingly have, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence that it's gonna have a lot of legs. Uh, especially since I think on Monday it already is behind I think Aladdin again, even and in the domestic box office I think, I think yeah I'm looking at yeah on Monday's box office Aladdin by the actually. By close to a million dollars, actually, Aladdin made more money than Godzilla did on 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 six three. So Godzilla already is not, you know, it it doesn't show like it's going to have a lot of legs at all. I mean, I don't know if Dark Phoenix is going to be a, a tremendous. Bl- I mean, Dark Phoenix will make some money. It's not going to do great business. But then again, this Godzilla probably is not going to have, you know, it it, it shows signs of. It's very likely to hemorrhage. Let's put it that way. It's probably more likely to be a movie that loses sixty percent in sec in week two as opposed to like fifty something percent or fifty two percent. I just hope that uh, next uh, it could happen in Kong versus Godzilla, but there's only one monster left that I really want to see before Legendary. You know, if the if uh, Legendary ends up losing it and we don't get another film um after kong versus godzilla i do want to see and i could never say his name but i, I think it's angiris oh the, yeah the uh the ankylosaurus dude yeah the with the with the shell and the spike tail and all that godzilla's best friend yeah yeah he could actually it's interesting godzilla versus kong is supposed to be a march release too mm-hmm. it's a march 13th release um which makes me think it's already mostly done. Oh, it should be. Yeah, production production is done on it. I think they're in yeah. post, they're in post produ- they're in post production already on this. Well, I think after Congo versus Godzilla is when the contract with Legendary and Toho is up, and and that's when they'll evaluate whether I guess Toho gets it up or gets it back or not gets it back. But if Toho is going to allow Legendary to keep going, I'm not sure of the specifics of the contract. But I'm pretty sure it's 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 sometime in 2020 the renegotiations between Toho and Legendary happen. So it's it's not only got to perform to beat what's happening right now, assuming King of the Monsters keeps declining, um, but it also has to it also has to uh, be good enough for Toho to see a future in it. That's true. That is true, and and, it, and that and that cuts that cuts both ways too, because it because obviously, in 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 order for Toho maybe to see that it's worthwhile for them, they that means WB and Legendary have to be willing to pony up the money, right? They have to be yeah. ponying up enough money, and and if it's not being profitable on their end, then they're going to be less likely to want to pony up the money because they they don't they won't see this as a as a you know as a franchise that's really worth. Right. So, it's um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's really it's a kind of it's a double-edged sword on that level. I, it is kind of, it it is hard to fathom a little bit why this is this isn't getting more traction. 
you think not not this movie in particular I I don't necessarily but I just mean just the over the franchise the so I think it's a little it's a little interesting especially considering it started strong but then again I think I think the criticisms of Godzilla 2014 hurt the franchise I also think if you go back and look at it that that was a very Godzilla 2014 was a very uh, top heavy movie. It, I well, mean, I, it, it went it, it went from nine it went from ninety it went from ninety three million in its opening weekend down to thirty million in its second weekend. So it dropped sixty six point eight percent in week two. So it's not like that had a it did, it's not like it had a huge and that so that was Memorial Day weekend. So if you factor in the uh, I think if you factor in the four days, it only went down fifty eight point eight. But still, I mean, that had that, that that huge drop, and then after that, it went from thirty eight down to twelve. So even that movie was extremely top, top heavy, front loaded. So I I also blame Japan. Japan has never liked uh, the Americanized Godzillas. But that but that was just domestic. I just gave you that was just domestic. well. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, you know, if we're talking worldwide box office on on these uh, legendary Godzilla films, I think Japan is always not. I mean, has has historically speaking, when it comes to Americanized Godzilla has kind of actively made it a point to try and not support it. That's true. That could have that could have. And not that I blame them. It's a fantastic franchise, and I ended up I, I grew up on the stuff that they produced. So it's not like it's not like I, I disagree with them or anything like that. And it's it's definitely their right to feel that way because you know it's something that they kind of uniquely have for themselves. But at the same time. When you compare what Legendary is doing right now to what we had in the '90s, like you know, <laughs> we've really stepped it up, guys. <laughs> you know, take, take take a look at all the, you know, like you said, the oxygen bomb, and we had the the infant island references and and all that other stuff in there, and uh, all the all the callbacks and Easter eggs crammed almost crammed in there to a yeah, point. Yeah, it like, was. Yeah, been, we're really we're really trying this time, Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like I said, it was this is like the 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 bizarro version of like Game of Thrones in the sense that they were not being subtle about anything, and it's like if you couldn't pick up on the things, if you couldn't pick up on some of the things they were beating you over the head with, it's just because you weren't literally, you were really not as people tried to say. In this case, no, you literally weren't paying paying attention because they tried to. Not and yeah, some of it, some of it, some hints. Obviously, if you if you haven't seen a lot of the movies, you might not get. But but the Skull Island stuff, they were laying that on really thick, even from the beginning of the movie on. Which I know part of it is just to establish, see, we they exist in the same world. Just in case you haven't figured this out yet. But but yeah, they did they they did they definitely did a lot with the uh, which I liked. I, I think the connective the connective tissue was the connective tissue was good. It's, in, it's also interesting looking at some of the, the human characters that are supposed to come back in in, uh, in Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown is supposedly in it, which I guess is because if she's listed in the movie was shot already, I guess. Uh, Kyle Chandler is supposed to be back. And Xi Zhang there is supposed to be back um, as recurring characters. from uh, Jessica Henwick, uh, that's cool that she's in that. Uh, yeah, I I look f- I look forward to that, and I just in a way you just kind of hope you get a you kind of hope you get a, a decent representation of both of both monsters. Um, 
one way or the other, which you probably will get. I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they want to bring do the Kong Godzilla thing just to make Kong look like a schmuck, or or, or the opposite. It's obviously that obviously they don't want to have Godzilla look that way for them since since he is their in their minds he is their star, but they also know King Kong's got a big draw, and I don't think they're gonna want to. Yeah, I just don't think I don't I don't think they'll do that. But that that's the reason why again it almost has to be a another monster that they're going to team up against. Whether it's Destroyer, whether it's something else we we haven't seen yet, it's got to be something. <clears throat> Gigan maybe. Yeah, Gigan would be a yeah. Uh, yeah, Gigan would be a bitch for Kong though. That would be, only because of the the stuff the blades on his chest. That would be not impossible, but it would be it, it would be challenging. Uh, but then again, it could be challenging for Godzilla too. But Godzilla's better. Godzilla's a better long-range fighter. Kong, obviously, other than he's other than him throwing stuff, he's not going to be he's not going to be good long-range. He's more of a probably of a short-range fighter. But yeah, you don't know. Hey, how about Megalon? I'd love. would be awesome if it was Megalon, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Megalon deserves a comeback. King Caesar. <laughs> I don't. I would. I like King Caesar. I wouldn't. Giant monster dog. Yeah, I. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not be against King Caesar, but uh, or or we could have we could have two because if you have Kong and Godzilla, then uh, the, you could have the you know the 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 the, the new version of the Jet Dragon Godzilla Tag Team Championship match with God, with Kong and Godzilla instead. So yeah, that would be that would be cool. All, all I know is about that movie. It better be friggin' mostly in daylight. And they go back to this nighttime bullshit because, which is would be the complete antithesis of what we saw in Kong. Almost all King Kong movies are mostly in in daylight. Mo- most of the stuff in King Kong and most of the movies have taken place, at least in the modern movies, have taken place during the day. Most of Skull Island was during the day. Most of the time you saw Kong was during the day. And most of Peter Jackson's movie was during the day. Uh, so. If you go back to the original, it was, it was because it's black and white. It's harder to tell, even when it's supposed to be night. It doesn't look that dark. So maybe maybe only the 1976 version. 1976 version, I guess you would say, probably to, probably to hide the to make the rubber suit more look more believable, Rick Baker or not. That that movie probably almost I would say that movie looking back on it, the majority of it was at night. But again, that might have been driven because of the lack of special effects. But mostly Kong is – you see Kong during the day, and it works. Kong in Skull Island, that was part of the appeal. First time he appears, you see him during the day. There are very few scenes other than that, that, that crap Samuel L. Jackson napalming him, that bastard, that uh, other than that part, almost everything took place with Kong was during the day. So it would be weird to have Kong being mostly at night on Skull Island. It seems to be a waste of Skull Island too. Cons- you know what I mean? Based on the way Skull Island looks and everything it brings to the table, you're kind of like wiping sure. out a, a wiping out a supporting character, if you will, by not having Skull Island be in the movie itself. All right. Well, we've been talking about this for like an hour, so we've gotten a lot yeah, more we did legs talk. out of it than we anticipated. Uh, well, you did want to talk a bit about the trailer for uh, Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Uh, are we going to play it? Or are we going to talk? We might as well play it. Since we uh, which which one? The original one. The original trailer. Yeah, the one that still has the one that still has the uh, Tom Holland primer on it, the spoiler one. I, I already skipped past that part. I got it's like twelve seconds in. Um, uh, it's not. It's uh, Spider Man. I got the link. I got the link if you want it. Far from home. 
Yeah, the one by Sony. That, yeah, the one that's 258 total, and I'm like on the 12 second mark, which is pitch black. And I think that's just right when they're about to go into the trailer, and right after he gave you the spoiler alert. So like 11 seconds or so. Yeah, I'm at 12, but 11 would probably work, especially if you're going to play yours and. Oh, oh no, we're going to use the audio from yours. All right, so I'm going to play mine. All right. You ready? Yep, let's go. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work because I am going on vacation. Heads up, Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. Phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. Who could have used someone like you on my world? New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do, and you're coming with us. someone else you can use. What about Thor? Off-world. Captain Marvel. Unavailable. But I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please. You've been to space. What do you want, Peter? I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You're right, you may not be ready, but this is my responsibility. Saving the world requires sacrifice. Sometimes people die. Oh my god. I just always feel like I'm putting my friends in danger. The world needs the next Iron Man. Are you going to step up or not? I work with Spider-Man. You work for Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan. Ha. Uh. <laughs> Bitch, please, you've been that, to space. That's right. Now, we, first of all, we should we apologize because we this we really were supposed to do this. We actually originally funny funny to say we were this close to doing it like two days or so after it actually came out. <laughs> But then we got distracted with something else, and then we were going to do it. I think in the, well, I think we were actually going to do it in our Game of Thrones episode, too, But when, because we were waiting for Jim, and then Jim showed up. Right? We, we were literally about to press play and, and, and play the trailer. So that's the reason why we're doing this like a month after this trailer came out. Uh, but normally we're a little more on the ball when it comes to this. Uh, at least it's still like a month before the movie comes out, give or take. <laughs> give or take. I kind of like it because I mean, with with Endgame, it was so huge. We uh, we almost talked it to death in the lead up to the movie. So it, you know, 
it's it, it's it's kind of good that we can kind of now that there's like been TV spots and other things like that, we can kind of speculate a little bit more and kind of in kind of one space rather than than uh, multiple multiple episodes about it. That's true, and again, it's coming. It's you know, it's right around the corner now. Of July Fourth week is not that far away. It seems it, but June is gonna June is gonna blow by. It's gonna be a really fast month. Uh, I like this trailer. I I liked it when I first saw it. It has a lot of. It captures the right vibe, I think, to push this movie. I mean, the, the teaser was good. You know, the teaser was cool. But this, but this definitely in the you know lets you know how it fits into the post Endgame world. I believe every the, the every the speculation or the rumors are that that conversation in the beginning of the trailer with Happy and uh, Peter when he's crying take place right after the funeral. That's what I've heard that that, that they're on the like the they're on the jet right after pretty much Tony uh, after Tony's funeral. Uh, I think. I mean, we we deep down we all know Mysterio is going to be a bad guy. <laughs> no, Unless not. he's not, because it's so obvious. But at the same time, if he is, it makes me the 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 reveal for how he tricks everybody had better be something spectacular, not because of uh, of anything other than you, to trick Nick Fury. It's got to be something big because the last time. Fury was tricked. It had to do with Hydra being a part of Shield all along. But that cat, that cat got him, man. <laughs> uh, oh, but I think part of "quote unquote" tricking Nick Fury is supposed to relate to the other villain in the movie, if that's accurate. Um, but the speculation is, I don't know if, if, it, if it's worth saying, since it can't be a spoiler, since we have no way of knowing whether it's true or not. I mean. I don't know. I if if so this is pure this is something that I heard but again so if but if you don't if you don't want to know like like skip ahead like maybe like like a minute into the future of this episode but supposedly uh at least at some point in this movie we find out that Nick Fury actually is a Nick Fury but he's the chameleon. So it's not not the whole not the entire way but at some point in the movie, I think his spider sense is supposed to go off, and when he's trying to tell Nick Fury, quote unquote, about what he found out about Mysterio, and I think that I think that's again, I don't know if it's true or not. I just that's just that's just what I heard. That somebody said that's what's going to happen. Um, which wouldn't I mean? It would be, in a way, it would be cool. It, it it would be cool to bring to get some of the old school Spider-Man villains. Not just because we know Sony has this hard on to do the Sinister Six or some variation on it, but it, it, they have tried so hard for so long. But, yeah, but this, but we know this is their best shot. I mean, I don't yeah. mean this this minute, but their best shot is this, which is another reason why continuing on. There's every reason to believe that the Sony Marvel partnership, the Sony Disney partnership, is going to continue because it's mutually beneficial to both. Uh, we we know it's good for Marvel to be able to use Spider-Man, especially in the post-Endgame world. Now they may have they have other they, we know they have plans they just haven't bothered to share them with us yet, which is kind of getting old. I mean they're already friggin' filming Black Widow. Can you at least tell us when that movie's coming out for Christ's sake? We know it's being made, so there's no point in playing coy with Black Widow. 
Nothing else really is supposed to be in production now, but Black Widow we know is in production. So tell us what the hell. Can't you give us a release date for that movie? Even if you don't want to tell us when it takes place, give us the release date because we know what's happening. But they have they have plans. But beyond the sequels, and you could say beyond the Black Widow movie, they have a lot of question marks about what's going to hit and what's going to miss here. They have a good track record, but it's still like it's still hard to think the master of kung fu is going to do kick-ass business. It might do it might do niche business. It may do Ant-Man business domestically if it's really, really, really lucky. Kind of, but it's got to be something special to imagine that concept. I think on its own, without that character being introduced somewhere else first, it's kind of hard to imagine that being a slam. And I don't, and I don't get the love for the Eternals either. I don't see how that's a slam dunk for them automatically either. So they need, they need some glue, especially if they're going to stick to their plan. They need Moon Knight. I like Moon Knight. Supposedly they have plans for Moon Knight. Moon Knight's another character they have plans for. Uh, so I, but they. Spider-Man would be a nice glue to bridge to keep to keep things together. Knowing you have Spider-Man before, if you're really gonna have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, still be three to four years down the road at least. Do you need something? Because the ice that there's a, as as big as they are now, there's a serious risk that 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 they are not gonna they, they're gonna go down be just because of the pro, not just because what goes up comes down, but because of the properties that they're dealing with now. Yeah, keep Thor and Guardians three and Guardians three should be should make a lot of bank. Uh, Doctor Strange two will probably do well because he had such a high profile in, in Infinity War and people really liked him in Infinity War. He, we know he was barely an Endgame, but almost everybody who wasn't was part of the original Avengers or in in, in Nebula and Captain Marvel etc. were not in Endgame till the end. So Spider Man's important for for. For Marvel and for Di- and for Sony, it's great because first of all, you get to be part of the, the, the cinematic universe of Marvel, which is a hit. You get to get crossover characters, which is something that they want. They want the other. They want to have other MCU characters in their Sony movie, which is why this time we're you know we we know we're getting we're getting Happy and we're getting Nick Fury and we're getting Maria Hill. We don't know if we're getting anybody else, but we know we got at least we know those those you know those three characters are in this movie. From the Maybe MCU. Pepper. Maybe Pepper. It's possible. I know. Obviously, she. We know, but her name's on that check, which we understand now why her name's on the check that that for that Peter's charity yeah. thing or that in the teaser, uh, which actually was the first hint. Obviously, some people picked up on the fact that oh, maybe he's maybe he's gone because of the. But then again, she was running, you know, Stark anyway, at that point. No pun intended. She was running the company, uh, so. It's a, it just works for it works for both of them. Then then we get you know Marvel if they if they do if they bring Venom if they do bring Venom like into the next individual Spider-Man movie after this then it's a good way to intermingle Venom with other Marvel characters too. It's just it's a it's a win-win and they seem to be aware of that. Yes, it could fall apart. And then the question is if it, since Tom Holland Tom Holland really is Sony's it belongs really to Sony that. At the end of the day, it might hurt Marvel more right now. Right now, it might hurt Marvel Marvel more because they may need, may need Spider-Man more than Sony needs the MCU based on the way it's currently configured. When they made the original deal, there's no way that was true. It absolutely was. Uh, Sony would would have needed Marvel more. Now it's it's 
I don't know. It's it, it's interesting, but I could, I expect that to continue. So the idea of getting putting the Sinister Six together, um, there are still rumors in this movie that that the but the the old Avengers Tower, the Stark Building, the Avengers Tower is, is Oscorp in this movie. That the that the building was taken over. And also, bought. that Jonah Jonah is going to appear somehow in the movie, at least be introduced as a character in this universe now. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. I know. It would be a tough act to follow. Okay. It would be a tough act to follow. Unless they <laughs> surprise everybody by bringing back uh, – what's his face? Who I just drew a blank on. I can't even think of his name. Oh, it's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, I know. Uh, but because you think – you would think they're going to ha- – it's about time that they're going to be start working – the the Osborne to Norman Osborne back into this. Just not just because because he would be a he would be a cool crossover villain to begin with. That's why it's kind of that's why it's in a way it's unfortunate that they, Marvel doesn't have the rights to him because they could really do something really cool with him. Just like we suspect they can do something really good with Doctor Doom, which nobody has even come close to doing yet in movies. But still having a having Norman Osborne be a crossover villain. No matter how you, no matter how you were working, that forking towards that, whether you were working towards more of the Dark Avengers first, or whether you were going green, you know, doing a slow, doing a slow build towards the Green Goblin. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I look, I expect that, you know, I expect that deal to continue, and I think, but Marvel, you know, Marvel, now that now that Endgame is gone, I do, I do worry about. I do worry about what their what the future of the uh, of the MCU is going to be, just because they don't they don't have any they don't have as many slam dunks. J.K. Simmons is who I couldn't think of uh, as J. Jonah Jameson. We'll see. Did you hear my theory about uh, who the villain is going to be in uh, Doctor Strange Two? Or do you remember? I, I did a I post about it. I know you said it, it but, we, but I, off the top of my head, but that's because of my, where my brain is today. Refresh my memory. So everybody assumes that the next big MCU villain could be Kang the Conqueror because of all the right. time travel. Uh, you know, there's you, there's consequences to time travel, and you know, Kang is going to be the result of all that. Well, if there's there are also consequences as, as a result of this the of Infinity the Infinity Saga, then. What about, you know, if, if if we didn't just bring everybody back and chose to then let five years pass and then bring everybody back, what if there are supernatural consequences to that? What if there is literally hell to pay because of all the souls you just snatched oh, out of the right. supernatural realm? So what if, what if the villain in Doctor Strange 2 is Mephisto? That could be... I could see that. I could see that, which obviously opens, no pun intended, it opens up a whole lot of doors across the board about what, where they can... I mean, it, it could be it could be really any one of the supernatural, uh, you know, guard of the MC, uh, of, the, of, of the Marvel Universe, but Mephisto is probably the most well-known. Yeah, he is, he is pretty well-known, or infamous, depending on, uh, depending on one's take these days. I, I could I could I could definitely see that I I could see that I don't I just wish I just wish they weren't being so secretive about about their plans going forward at this point I I just I I see it as 
I see it as counterproductive at this point. And I mind you, it has to be coming to an end because what we heard earlier in the year was they weren't going to announce their their next slate of movies until after Spider Man came out. And obviously, Spider Man is going to be out within a month. So you would assume, as especially because they're heading into Comic Con, that we will be at least get the official announcement of what the movie now. Again, it'd be the ultimate stunner if Black Widow wasn't one of the two movies next year since it's filming. But the question is what the second one's going to be. Doctor Strange 2. Probably, only probably because they're going to want to push Black Panther back until until the spring of the either February or May of the next year. Well, what's the what's the name of the actor who plays Wong? find him in a second you keep talking ben, I'll find uh, Wong. benedict wong no, benedict wong i knew i knew there was another i knew it was i knew there was a wong in it i just couldn't remember what his first name was wong 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 uh because uh, oh never mind uh yeah there was an article that came up today in my feed uh let's see let me see i, I want to get the actual quote oh um Wong was on hand for Denver's pop, cult, Denver's pop Culture Con when naturally he was asked about the status of Doctor Strange's sequel. According to the actor, the film has a writer, one he didn't name, but it confirmed he met at in the in-game premiere, and he believes it, quote, may be happening sometime next year. Never mind. So I, so it, for it to release next year, it would need to be filming by the end of this year. And Guardians is what, 2021? I think so. Because he's because Gunn hasn't even made Suicide Squad yet. Yeah. So then he's got to get that done. So it's it's so it's got to be either something new or <sighs> like Black Panther two. It could I mean it could be the Eternals only because there's supposed to be some some casting for that movie. Right. Even though I was I mean Angelina Jolie is linked to that now, but was that a fi- I don't remember if that was a 100 percent official. Uh, um. So is Keanu maybe. Yeah, there's there's a room there's a rumor about about I would rather if he's going to be if he's going to be in the MCU I'd rather him be in a, a better franchise than that. Have you heard the casting of who someone a lot of people want to be Reed Richards? I've heard a lot of different things. So which, who have you heard? Which one did you hear? Um, what's his name? What's the freaking actor's name? Um. Why can't I think of uh, he was he was um, what's his name from the office? Oh, a quiet place guy, right? Kursinski. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, because then they could they could Jack do the Reacher. Th- yeah, not Jack Reacher. Uh, Is that his name? No, it's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. He's in the Jack Ryan thing on, on Amazon. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because then you could get the double whammy, and Emily Blunt could potentially finally get get her role in the MCU that she would have had if she. Just that would have been really interesting if we look back. If she had, if she was able to do Black Widow, how how that character would be different. You know, that would be really interesting. I don't know if it would have. It would have been di- because it would have been different. I don't know if since we know how our Black Widow turned out. I don't know if if it's hard to imagine Emily Blunt doing that role now because it would have been so different. I think her take on it would have been different. Uh, but that yeah, that would be a way you could. I, you definitely could see Krasinski as Reed Richards. He could pull that off. Uh, give him the. Oh, he's medals. got the look for sure. Yeah, he's got the look. Even with the beard, he would have. The, he could have the look. Uh, 
And you could, and yes, you could get a double whammy, and you could get Emily Blunt as you could get Emily Blunt as Sue Storm too, depending on how all these characters are supposed to be. But if they're going to go for Reed, you know, Reed Richards, I mean, obviously Reed was supposed to be older than Sue, but not not necessarily hard, you know. But we'll see. I don't. It depends. But yeah, that's. I kind of figured you were going that way. I think a lot of people have. It's just like I would have been really – it would be a completely different take if Krasinski had gotten Captain America and he was supposed to be right down to the wire in Captain America. Yeah, I mean that's uh, – Krasinski as, as Reed is the – my favorite fan casting I've heard in a long time. Yeah, that's, that, that, is, that is a really good one. So you would think we're going to find out – well, not about that, but we're going to find out some – You know, we should be finding out more casting soon. The X Men is going to be challenging too, because uh, certain roles obviously are going to be more challenging. Some 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 characters have either been really successful completely, and some have been people have been lukewarm towards it, even if they've been recast like twice already. So it's going to, their their approach to the X Men is going to be is going to be interesting, which is probably why they're not going to rush it. Um, All right, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Actually, probably not. I think. I think. Uh, oh yeah, there was one thing. There was one thing I did ever so briefly. Uh, we might as well at least talk about for a second. Uh, Endgame's uh, kind of like a pointless quest or, <laughs> uh, at this point to cut, to track down Avatar to be the best <laughs> box office champion of all time. It beat it domestically, right? Oh yeah, it beat it. it yeah. beat it domestically. But but domestically. Uh, Force Awakens is number one, so I, oh. so it, it had a it had a much smaller hurdle to clear. It had to do over I forget what it was seven hundred something that it had to beat in order to take out Avatar, and it's so and it's up to eight hundred sixteen point six million dollars domestically. But to beat Avatar is two billion seven hundred eighty eight million. Endgame is two billion seven hundred fifteen million. So it's still what seventy. Seventy-three million dollars away. I don't. My, this is. I don't think it's going to do it with a t- with an asterisk. I don't think it's going to do it during its current release. I, I'm. Sh- I bet you they will re-release Endgame at some point. Maybe next year. That was what I was thinking. Maybe they'll release Endgame like a month before the Black Widow movie. If Black Widow was actually coming out in May, maybe in April they'll release Endgame. Whether they add in extra footage or whatever. Just release it a month ahead of time. It'll be a good way to get people ready for Black Widow 2. And the, then whatever it needs to make up worldwide, it probably can. So I think it will beat Avatar eventually. I just don't think it's going to do it now during its run because I just don't – it just doesn't – I don't see how it has any legs left in it. It just – I mean it fell out of – I think it fell out of the top five last week, last weekend. It's at the point where it's just not making much during the week. On the weekdays anymore, it's gonna it's gonna be losing more and more screens every week, and so even foreign box office it, it's it's taking a big header, and it, it's had sizable drops. That's 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 the problem with Endgame. What really killed if if you want to look back if you want to look back at what really killed what really killed Endgame and why it's not gonna end up being the number one probably in all likelihood not gonna be the number one movie of all time right now, it's because it went down almost sixty percent in week two. That was the problem. You would think a movie that made three hundred fifty-seven million dollars on opening weekend domestically would at least be able to make 
would at least be guaranteed to be this have the second biggest weekend of all time. But it didn't even do that. Well, so I, went, I mean, it's <laughs> everybody saw it opening weekend. I know, I, I I realize this, but still, I mean, but there was nobody I, left to see it the weekend after. <laughs> I, I I I understand, but you know what part of it was? I think part of it was, and I think a lot of people bought into this. I bought into it too. That because Endgame seemed like it was such an event movie, and people were so taken by this movie and wanted to see it, I thought this movie was going to have not just better legs. I just thought it was going to resonate more. So I, so like, like if you had told me this movie was going to make three hundred fifty-seven million dollars in in its opening weekend, I would have thought for sure in its second weekend it was still going to make one hundred and seventy to one hundred eighty. But instead, it made one hundred forty-seven. I mean, that's a huge ass drop. If you're looking at the drops for over the weekends since it's come out, it dropped 58.7, then 57.1, then 52.6, 42.6. If you factor in the long weekend for Memorial Day, then it only dropped uh, 26.4 instead of 42.6. But you know that's kind of cooking the books. And last weekend it dropped 53.3% from the weekend before. So it's really so it's had a steady, steady drop. So if it if it if it had only dropped like around 52% in week two, all that that would have been that would have been a lot more money it would have made, and that then it probably would be if it wouldn't be a slam dunk, it would be a lot closer to being able to squeak over the finish line to do this. But that I think that's what I never thought it was going to catch Force Awakens because it, it, it's a pure it's looking at. Dollars and cents, literally. As much money as it made on opening weekend, it still had to make like about $580 million more during its entire domestic run to beat Force Awakens. That's why I never thought it was going to do it. But I, th- I, th- I always thought it had a better shot at catching Avatar. It's, it has a pulse, but it's not. It's kind of on life support. I, 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 I think its best shot is to do a re, is to do a re-release. And I bet you Disney, Disney will do that because they know they're close. They know they're close to it. And they would. And they would probably really want want uh, Endgame to get the record. I would want it to get the record too. I'd rather that be the biggest grossing movie of all time instead of Avatar. So, even factoring in the three D, all the th- how much the th- extra three D money helped you know boost up Avatar. Uh, but still, yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk about that. Again, that was another thing we had wa- wanted to mention for a while, but actually, it's probably better that we mention it now since it's it's, uh, it's almost like a done deal at this stage. It's not it's less speculation at this point than it would have been like talking about it in its second weekend or even its third. Now that the movie only made like eight eight million dollars last weekend, so if it follows if it follows its pattern, it's going to make less than four million dollars this coming weekend. So it's pretty much dried up. I don't you know it. It would it would take I think it would take a lot if this movie could still even muster like thirty million dollars more domestically. I just don't see it's going to do that. If if it did that, it might have a chance because then you say, oh, you you pretty much need a, almost about the same amount of money overseas. But yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be really close. But Marvel will do what they'll do what they need. The sad part is the sad part is this movie had a three hundred fifty six million dollar budget. Not that it didn't make its profit, mind you, but. Just imagine that a three hundred fifty-six million dollar budget on this movie. My God, that that essentially means this movie this movie had to make like at least eight hundred million dollars. More than that, realistically, but probably at least eight hundred million dollars just to break even. But the, but on the bright side, it did that opening weekend worldwide, right? 
right, guys. Well, we got a lot of mileage out of Godzilla more than we thought. So those of you over on Twitter, specifically Dan Kurtzke and Ian Harrington, who I asked uh, if you had any questions for us to discuss on tonight's episode, we will address those in a future episode uh, instead. Um, maybe we'll do like a big, you know, uh, listener uh, listener chosen show where you know we talk about whatever you guys want. Maybe we can do that. I don't know. Uh, we are running out of stuff to do <laughs> in terms of in terms of uh, stuff current. We 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 have a list of uh, of stuff we want to get to, but those are technically bigger episodes. Stuff we want to promote a little bit more and and uh, really prepare for and stuff like that. But if we ever need like a a non prep episode, maybe we'll do like a listener Q and A sort of a thing, uh, or at the very least, uh, you know. Who knows? Uh, but Dan asked a question. Ian asked a question. Uh, guys, we got much more mileage out of Godzilla than we initially thought. So uh, we'll, we'll get to those questions as soon as we can. But uh, otherwise, Mark, you want to tell people how they can reach us? Now, I had faith we were going to get more out of Godzilla than I, apparently you did. I don't know if I thought we were going to get an hour out of it. I thought there was enough to mine in, when, you, when we factored in not just delving into the – and we didn't and we didn't even talk about the split between the critics and the uh, and the audience based on the new revamped <laughs> prove you saw the movie Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> audience score. I actually want to try that. I want to see how that works. I want to see how it, how it, how it works with a re, with a regular ticket, you know, with a physical ticket. How that's going to actually work? Do you have to punch in the number or something on the ticket or something? But I had faith we'd get. There was enough between that and Kong versus Godzilla to at least uh, Godzilla versus Kong to get us there. Uh, so w- website lanterncast.com, email us lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you l- listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, 708 Lantern is the voicemail. So the 708 Lantern, call us and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.